What is up, everyone? Social on the Sidelines, episode number 29. Is that right? 29? Yeah. Social on the Sidelines, brought to you by Front Office Sports, with episodes brought to you by Homest Amara Baptist. Team Infographics. Did you miss I, me saying this read I was last literally week? just going to say I did not miss that crusty sounding. <laughs> Listen, I let me know. tell you a bit about, about our friends at Team Infographics. They are just phenomenal people who do phenomenal work. And you can find them on the interwebs on Twitter at Team Infographics or TeamInfographics.com. There you have it. Well, um, we have a special guest today, and I'm not talking about our actual guest. Amara decided to rejoin the podcast. Wow. Um, what do you do, baby? For... Please, please. This is why Kawhi didn't go to the Lakers, okay? We all know you used to be a Lakers fan. This is why he didn't go there. <laughs> exactly why. Because you did it that. Makes no and, your sense. Team... <laughs> and because of your team infographics intros. He understood. Why would I want Kawhi to go to the Lakers? I want him to come to the Trailblazers. Oh, what you really want, Amara. <laughs> we know, okay? Everyone uh, roots for their hometown team deep down. Look, look at right. you. Let's, look at let's you. Let's move along. <laughs> let's get to the deep, dark secrets of Amara's Laker history. No, because listen... That's a bad idea. What? Let's let's not. <laughs> I'm. I, the first. Okay, I, I do have to tell you a funny story. Do you want to hear a funny story? Of course I do. So my first like meeting, basically, um, I guess it was a. I guess it was one of my final interviews. My boss, Aaron, your friend, Aaron Grossman, um, yep. asked me. He's like, okay, last question, like. Who's your favorite player of all time? And I was like, uh, crap. I was like, Kobe Bryant? And he was, they like, the whole uh, meeting room was like, boo. <laughs> and, then, and then he was like, who's your favorite player currently in the NBA? And I didn't want to be like, oh, Damian Lillard, because nobody wants a kiss ass, you know? So right, I said, right. I said, Russell Westbrook, and they were like, boo! <laughs> I don't know how I got this job, honestly. <gasps> That's my story. I, look, I commend them for uh, for giving you a chance, because it was the best decision they ever made. So, Oh, that was really nice. I was not expecting that. I was. I, you know, initially, I was expecting to go really mean <laughs> with it, and I was like, I should be nice. So It's because it's your anniversary. Happy Today is our anniversary. anniversary. Thank you. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Fahin, uh is throwing up West Side <laughs> and laughing. West Side. I don't know why uh, she's doing that. I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say throwing up, and I was like, because she has to live with you. No, or what? no, no. Uh, that's funny. How about you never come back on this <laughs> podcast and never speak to me again? <laughs> Okay, so today on the podcast, we had Sue Jo from the Los Angeles Dodgers. She and is a badass. She is. <laughs> and But before we get to, to how badass Sue is, can we just clarify uh, the fact that you did not know 
that Sue's last name was Joe, and you asked how to say her last name, which is literally J-O. I just want <laughs> to put that out there for everyone to know. No, you know, how some people, <laughs> you know how some people go by, like, first and middle name? Like, I thought her name was, like, Sue Joe blank, and we just didn't know that. her last I name. Feel that. Okay, I feel that. That's a good excuse. <laughs> She was like, I, Joe. I was like, okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, either way, she is a badass. She's killing it over at the Dodgers. All of their social stuff is amazing. She probably, and I'm, actually, she does. She has the most insane story about how she got to where she's at. Um, so please listen to it. It's probably the most elaborate and for sure the best if not one of the best that we've had on social on the sidelines in terms of how she got to where she's at we talk through that we talk through um the very interesting setup the mlb has where they have an in-game social media coordinator that um works alongside the social media team which is literally just sue so it's sue plus this person um and we also talked about hiring and um what she looks for when she's trying to hire somebody and what else I, I feel like I'm missing. We had a lot of stuff we talked about. Yeah. About like how she uh, built the relationships with the guys and advice for people starting late in sports. It was a lot of really, really good stuff. I really enjoyed it. Likewise. You know what? How about instead of me blabbering on, um, we just, we just go into the interview. Does that sound good. You good with that? Let's do it. Let's get it. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Today we are joined by <laughs> Sue Joe from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Amara out here does not know Sue's last name, but Ouch. I just put it out there for the whole no, world. No, listen, know, so. I thought it was might have been like what? a middle name. I didn't know. Everyone thinks my name is Sue Joe. Like it is, but it's not my first name. <laughs> okay. <It's> fine. <laughs> We're off to a good start. Well, nonetheless, <laughs> welcome, Sue. How's Thanks. it going? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. No problem. So the way that we kick things off, as you may have heard, is beginning with a story of how you got to where you're at and um, kind of your overall career path to where you're at now. Yeah. So when I when I went to college, I was in Columbia College in Chicago. Um, I studied broadcast journalism. Um, so growing up, um, I was born in Korea and I came to the States when I was five. So I moved to Chicago when I was five and like my family knew no English, you know, like they didn't know anything. All we did was speak Korean, obviously. And we didn't have like a lot of family. It was kind of just our immediate family and um, like nobody spoke English. So it was really tough. And I think um, my parents had always mentioned, like, when we were younger, just, like, they were always, like, it's important to, like, keep, you know, um, to, like, be in the be in the loop and, like, know how to, the kind of, like, how the world is evolving and things like that. So they always turned on the news for me. So, like, growing up, I always watched the news and I just kind of loved it. And I would watch it and I would be like, okay, this is kind of how I would learn English. And I would kind of, like, imitate the the anchors and reporters and kind of try to speak like them to see, okay, well, this is how they say certain words. And so um, I, I really just watched it for that. And I kind of fell in love with the news, to be honest with you. Um, and it's kind of weird, like as a kid, like you don't really fall in love with the news. It's not really fun, but um, I did. And then also growing up, I watched sports and I watched a lot of baseball and a lot of football. 
Um, and that's kind of where I, you know, I love sports. I never really thought that it would turn into that. So, you know, when I went to school, I started broadcast journalism and, um, I, I kind of dabbled in sports and news. I did a lot of internships in, you know, news stations, um, did a lot of sports ones as well. I kind of did a lot of it just to kind of see where my head's at and kind of what I wanted to pursue. And, um, it continuously wanted to be like, okay, I want to be in news. I just want to keep doing that. Let's see where it goes. Um, so I did that. And then immediately, um, out of college, like, I think it was like my final week of uh, college. Um, one of my professors were like, we have this news writing position that we think you'd be great for. Um, and it was at Fox Chicago and it was kind of writing for their morning show. So, I mean, straight out of college, I'm like, this is great. Like a lot of people are having to move to smaller markets to kind of pursue their dream. And here I am, I have this great opportunity to, um, join the morning news team and just kind of write. So, um, I started off at Fox Chicago and, you know, worked for their morning show and my shift was from midnight to 8am. And it was literally so brutal. But for the first like few months, you know, I kind of went on the high of just like, this is awesome. Like I'm in the real world now. Like I'm so lucky and fortunate to have this job. So I just kept doing that. Um, and I was the youngest person there. Like it was crazy. You know, I'm working alongside all these veterans and, you know, they've put in like 15, 20 years in the news and I'm, I'm there sitting on my first day and they're like, okay, we have, we want you to write like 10 stories for the four o'clock show. And I'm like, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, and so it, you know, news writing is a completely different beast. So that kind of happened. And then after, like, I did that for a, a few months and then a better opportunity kind of came about. And, and that was to write for the morning show, um, in, at NBC Chicago. So, um, I did that for about two and a half years. And then after a while, it just kind of, it, it just became too much, you know, um, it just wasn't what I, I knew it just wasn't what I wanted to do forever. And it was getting really brutal. And, um, and I just knew I wasn't happy doing it. And also the, the fact that the, the shift was from like 1am to 9am at NBC was not ideal. Like I did not like live like a normal human being and everyone, like when I was sleeping, everyone was out. And when I was up, everyone was sleeping. And that kind of weighs heavily on you after a while. It's like, um, when everyone's like, we're getting ready to go out, I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to sleep or, you know, it's like, it's so weird. So I, you know, I did that and I was just like, I, I don't know if I can do this much longer. And MLB had a position open with the White Sox where it was like gathering social media content. And it was kind of like just starting up social media was. And um, I was like, okay, cool. Like I'll do that on the side in addition to working for NBC. So I did that and I was just like, this is awesome. And basically what my role was to, was to do was just gather social media content for the White Sox, for the visiting teams and for MLB. So I got a camera, you know, I have my phone, I'm gathering all this, the, you know, like everything that a social media coordinator would do, I would gather all that content and then send it to these teams and, and to the league and, and they would use it on their platforms. And once I did that, I was like, dude, like, this is exactly where I need to be. I, if you never paid me, I would still do this forever. And that's kind of when I knew I was like, I need to be in this full time. And um, then my next problem came, I was like, okay, so I'm quitting NBC, but I need something else. And I wanted to move to LA. I'm like, I need to be there. I can't do the Chicago weather anymore. You guys, I swear, I'm not trying to sound annoying, but I couldn't <laughs> do the weather anymore. Like I needed sun. Like there's no sun in the winter. Like it's so brutal there. It's so cold. I'm like, why do I live here? I just don't... at me, Sue. Just at me, <laughs> I know, Sue. I know. And so I was just like, you guys, I'm leaving everybody. I'm going to LA. Is there a position open? And MLB's like, they have something with the Dodgers. I'm like, great. Let me interview for it. Um, and so I did, and you know, it was a it was another league position, but it was based in 
um, kind of, it's a weird position, actually. It's called the in-game social media coordinator. So MLB has these, you know, positions available for all the teams that are in the league. And your job is literally just doing social media on game days. So my job would be to go to all the home games and, and cover all the away games as well. Um, and, but it wasn't like a full-time position. It was full-time, but it wasn't like, you didn't get benefits and you didn't do any of that stuff. It was like wow. in the off season you were, yeah. So, it, I mean, it was, it was a grind for sure. And like, you know, I'm, you know, I had already started a career in new, so I started late, you know, there's like all these younger kids that are perfect for like 22 year olds, 23 year olds, um, you know, that are still like on their mom's benefits and stuff like that. But um, for me, I was just like, listen, I've done what I thought I, I should have been doing and I knew it wasn't the right thing. So whatever I need to do, I'm going to do it. So I did that for about two and a half seasons and I was like, okay, this is great. Um, and then I, I don't know if you guys know, Matt Mesa was the one that was there before me. Um, and he was there, you know, with me at that time. And then he had left, um, at, at, I believe like end of last season or no, um, right after the all-star break or before the all-star break last season. And so from then on, I was just kind of handling everything by myself, um, to the end of the season. And this is my first season where I'm handling kind of everything from the start to finish, just like by myself. Um, I'm the only social person with the Dodgers, um, like staff. So what? yeah, so I handle everything. Um, the position that I used to have with MLB, we have a guy here uh, with me now. So he's, you know, he's helpful in that way. But as far as just like a social media dedicated to social, it's just me with the Dodgers. So um, <laughs> it's a huge grind. But again, I've seen the other side of it where doing a job you don't love. And so I I'm happy to work a hundred hours if, if that's what it came down to it. Absolutely. Wow. What a story. That's, that's <laughs> right. That, that might be the craziest one we've had so far. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> that awesome. Took some turns. That took some turns. <laughs> um, but- so obviously I'm a huge Dodgers fan, born and raised in LA. Um, how, I mean the baseball. Go season, twins. Okay. Let's, this is my time. Okay, this is my time speaking. Um, so obviously the baseball season is a grind. Like we played, I think it was like 95 games with playoffs this year, and yeah. I was half dead. And how do you, like, number one, how do you pace yourself? Because it's, what, like five games a week, six games a week? And my second part to that is how do you stay fresh with your captions? Because your captions are so great. How do you keep that those creative juices flowing throughout such a long season? Man, I mean, appreciate you saying that. It, but it's, I mean, the, first of all, the schedule, it's definitely a grind, you know. Um, it, it's, it, I mean, it's brutal. I, I mean, it's a lot. Um, but I think for me, like, it was just, I've always kind of, I don't know. I, I mean, because I started off that way, like, I wasn't, like, I think if I would have started off in football and then went to baseball, I think I would have probably died. But I think because I started in baseball, I was like, okay, like, this is like what my life is. This is, I accept it. Um, and so I think that's kind of why I'm just, honestly, like, I don't want to say I'm running on fumes, but like, you just, you just kind of go, you're on like auto cruise, like you just kind of go. And at the end of the season, when everything is done, you're like, holy, holy crap. Like uh, that six months, like that just happened, you know? And so, I, I mean, yeah, I'm tired a lot of the times, but it's kind of just like an everyday thing. It's like literally when I'm like, I feel like going like when I'm like in high school, we like wake up at seven in the morning and then you like get done at like three. Um, you wake up every morning and you're like, Oh God, okay. I'm tired. But like, let's go do this. It's kind of like that. Don't get me wrong. I love what I do. I love my job, but, um, it's kind of your, your body's kind of set that way. Um, and, and yeah. so like for, 
fortunately, uh, like I, like I said, I've started in baseball, so it's kind of just kind of been normal for me. It's kind of what I've always known. So, um, I mean, there's that. It's also the team is fun. You know what I mean? Like, I think it'd be hard if we were like losing like 10 games in a row. Um, I think that would be kind of hard to like, okay, God, we got to go on another day, but it's like every game, there's something like something happens. Like just like last night was a great game. Like it's just a lot of things happen in it. I mean, they make it fun. So, um, that part of it is great. As for captions, like you guys give me too much credit, but like, honestly, like it's a lot of the times my brain is fried. Like I don't, it's, it's a lot, especially because there are so many games. Um, but Alex, who is the, our in-game coordinator that helps me, um, from BAM for MLB, um, you know, it's really helpful to like bounce ideas off of him and, um, he'll come up with some good ones too. And, um, you know, it's great. It's, it's, you know, it's a collaborative effort and, you know, it's, it's a lot, but, um, a lot of the times you just, you just try to make it work. And you know what, lately pop culture has been failing me a little bit because there's been nothing happening. So I'm like, okay, we need something to happen. Someone needs to release an album or something where it's like, right. I need inspiration. <laughs> I'm like, come on. It's like a dry spell here. Like I need something, but, um, no, so far so good. Honestly. Um, we'll see. I'm, I'm hoping by postseason, like there'll be some good stuff, but I, I do have like a lot of my captions that are like banked on my phone, like in a drafts folder, um, that I'll kind of go back into it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I remember when I wrote that down. So that also helps too. Makes sense. Um, one question I had for you specific to kind of the in-game MLB role that you mentioned, um, especially considering you've taken a lot of time, um, uh, your team has taken a lot of time in the past, um, creating a certain voice and tone and strategy for your platforms how are you guys working collaboratively to ensure that that person is up to par with your standards um especially in game and in what's a super crucial time yeah you know i think what was great about just kind of last year was that because it was um, i was kind of on my own last year after matt had left um i created my own voice um you know i try to do a little bit differently than how it was done before in the past um, obviously we're the Dodgers, so we're not going to go full savage mode here. You know, we can't do that. Um, but I thought that, you know, that didn't mean that we had to be boring. Um, so I, you know, I wanted to create some sort of voice that was fun. Um, you know, maybe sometimes there was a little bit of sass involved. Um, but like kind of just like honing, like what I wanted that voice to be. Um, and I carried that straight through the end of the, the, the postseason last year. And then this year, um, when I did hire that, uh, the, the MLB person to, to help us, um, you know, I had him, you know, kind of watch what I was doing and, and, you know, just kind of observe and just kind of see how I was responding to certain fans and how I was doing that. And he's done a really great job of kind of picking up on that and responding that way. Um, he, you know, I, I do everything for Instagram. So that's kind of all me, um, you know, Twitter, he's responding to fans there too, but, um, he, I don't know, we might have a similar personality. He kind of gets it. So um, he's kind of seen the voice and just kind of mimics it. Um, and so it, it's, it's not been, you know, hard at all for us. Um, I think I'm lucky in that sense, but yeah. Um, again, I think it would be a lot harder if there were maybe like four or five people on the team, you know, handling the account that way. I think it's a little bit more difficult and everyone has to kind of get used to what the voice is. But for me, I mean, a lot of it is, is just me, like it is me just managing the account. So it's easy. Um, but like I said, Alex, um, he's done a good job kind of reading what some of the stuff I do and um, just kind of applying it that way. For sure. For sure. Um, okay. So on the Instagram note, 
Um, something that you guys do that I really like and I've tried to implement at the Blazers too is responding to fans on Instagram because not only does that help build the relationship with your fans, but it also helps your engagement and it also helps like build, <laughs> you know, like on the social report. So talk, yeah. talk a little bit about when you started that and why and how you've kind of seen it take off. Yeah, you know, I when I um when Matt was here, I handled a lot of Twitter and all that stuff. So I was responding to fans on Twitter like all the time. And then when it was just me, I was like, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to respond to people on Instagram. And so I started doing that, you know, all of, you know, last season. So um the main thing for me is like, yeah, the engagement stuff is great, like building a relationship is great. But it's just like for me, I just I I don't, it's not a shot at other brands, but like, if I'm the consumer, I want when brands post things, like I want them to engage with me. Like, I don't want them to be like, here's a, yeah. here's an ad, look at it. And like, just, there you go. That's it. Um, for me, I think it means more when you're interacting with them. So for me, like, I love interacting with the fans and like, that's literally my favorite part. I think of the entire job is like, yeah, like being with the players and, and doing all that stuff is great. But like, honestly, it's like interacting with people from like all over the place. And it's so funny. A lot of them are so funny. Um, and you know, I love engaging with them and like building a relationship with them. It's, it's really fun. And you know, they're the ones that are coming back to engage with those, you know, those posts. They're the ones that putting are putting on notifications for all your posts and interacting with it and sharing your stuff. So it's like, that's kind of your community. That's kind of your family that you have to, um, kind of talk to. And it's just been really fun. And, um, you know, and another thing is like, I think like when we were younger, like my cousin had like tweeted, my younger cousin had like tweeted at this brand and was like, please, it'd be so, it would mean so much like if you would respond or whatever. And they like never did. And like, I like take things oh, no. like that. Like, yeah. Like, I feel like I'm so emotional. Like, I feel like I take that and I'm just like, okay, that's like so rude. Like it takes like two seconds to respond. And so like, I never want people to feel like that. Um, so like, I also like, I go the extra step and I'm like, I'm at like up at three 30 in the morning, like checking our mentions and like, this is probably not healthy, but like, I'm like responding to them. Um, that's not to say I respond to like the literal, like 900 comments that we get, but like, I, I'd like to think I do a pretty good job responding to a, a good majority of them because I like doing it. Um, I, I like making their day and, um, you know, it, it's fun. And also what you notice when you do this is that people from like other teams, like start coming into your mentions and it's like, into your comments and like that's what you want you want people that aren't dodger fans to like engage with your posts you know um that's what your target audience is is of course your fans but it's like you know someone that maybe doesn't necessarily like baseball or the dodgers and they're just coming to your page because they've heard that you respond to you know comments that's like that's a that's you're reaching another you know an audience there so that's for me that's important and kind of why i do it for sure um, on the Instagram note, one thing that I think is pretty interesting that, um, when I was in Sacramento, we did a little bit more of, but in Minnesota, there's, there's some different ideas going on, but I'm curious as to your thoughts, because I think you're one of the few MLB teams that don't necessarily post a final score graphic on Instagram. Can you speak a little bit as to the decision-making behind that specifically, and also how you're treating wins versus losses on each platform and yeah. i obviously you're you're building up wins but specific to losses more so yeah i mean listen when you know this is my fourth season with the team and we didn't necessarily do it that way i mean we never posted the win loss graphics um on the pay on the instagram feed but we did post a lot um we were still really like high up there on the list i think we were like number one for like ran away with the, the top 
um, as far as like total engagements and things like that. And then this year I was really breaking it down and looking at her stats and looking at her numbers and just trying to see like, okay, what, where can we improve? And like, how can our numbers be even better? Um, and what I was noticing was that we, we do post a lot. And I think that, that, uh, you know, do in part is kind of just like, I want everyone to see everything that we have access to. Um, but at the same time, it does hurt your numbers when you post so much, even though you are getting good engagement on them, you know, the, the more posts you have, obviously, like it, it changes your numbers quite a bit. So we've been really strategic in about really just kind of what we're posting, just posting the best stuff. Um, and, and if not, if it's like kind of like decent, um, we put it into the story. Um, and that's kind of our way to get away with everything. Uh, we do do the final score, um, in their story. Like if we lose, um, that'll go up on there. We don't do it on the feed. Obviously with the, the algorithm now, it's all different. So you don't want to see like the Dodgers one last week, like tomorrow. Um, so that's another factor, obviously. And, um, people tend to like, you know, I feel like if you want to see that stuff, you go to, you go to Twitter for all that live stuff. As for Instagram, you know, you want to make sure you curate the best stuff in there. Um, and, and make sure like, even if you saw it tomorrow, would it still be kind of cool to see it? Uh, if you saw it two days from now, would it be cool to see it? Um, so that's kind of, kind of what my thinking is and, and why I do what I uh, uh, do. For sure. That that makes sense. We we talk we talk a lot about evergreen content. I, I guess my my question more so um was or I, I guess I was curious if the number of games also played into the feed as well. Cause like on the NBA side, um like I said in Sacramento we didn't necessarily uh do it as much. Um but over in Minnesota because of different partnerships and whatnot, that's something that we are doing. Um but also the the number of games and the engagement on the losing posts um is somewhat um worthwhile posting um so i was just curious as to the strategy yeah i mean but yeah. definitely makes sense yeah for sure i mean when you have that many games obviously like i don't even know how many posts we have to be honest with you because there's so many games but um yeah i mean we just didn't feel like it was necessary to post that that we lost like you know we do it on twitter and stuff and we'll put it on our story but i don't think it it you know requires a, a full feed post for it um so you know just kind of the decision behind that for sure um kind of pivoting to um obviously again big dodgers person so i watch all <laughs> your stuff i'm like very in tune with what's going on um and you seem to have a great relationship with the guys on the team um can you talk a little bit about how important having a relationship is not with only the players, but like the coaches, the front office, PR. Um, I don't know if people necessarily understand like how imperative that is for us to do our jobs well. Yeah, no, that's like a hundred percent sure. I mean, and you're absolutely right. I don't know that many people know about that. You know, they think that like, you know, a lot of people are always like DMing me when they watch my stories and they're like, oh my God, you have the best job ever. It's like cool job, like whatever. I'm like, yeah, but like, it's cool because like you've built, I've built that relationship and I've gotten to that point where the, you know, the players feel comfortable enough to do that. Um, and, and so that's not to say like, oh, don't message me that, but it's just like that there's a reason for that. Um, and I, I think it, it did take a long time. You know, like I said, this is my fourth season and uh, this is my second just kind of by myself and, and, and doing all that. So it's definitely super important to build a relationship with the players to let them know like, hey, I'm here to make you guys look good. And I would never post anything that would make you, you know, look bad, uh, never embarrass you. 
um, and things like that. And of course, PR is super crucial uh, and, and making sure that we have access to these players to, to let me, you know, be around these guys um, so they know that, hey, what I'm there for, it's really kind of help building their brand um, and making them look good for the team and, and showing the fans that there's like a different side of these guys that you don't always get to see. Um, and so, of course, like with the players, the coaches, the, the PR staff, like that's that's crucial. Um, you know, after a while, the coaches and stuff, they start to pick up on like what you start to do. And then, you know, they'll have some questions about social. Like they'll they'll be like, OK, well, how do I create an Instagram or like how do I get verified? So, like, you know, you're around these guys and, and they know after a while that, OK, she's cool. Like um, she's she's here to make us look good. So, um, yeah, it's super important. And, um, it, it, you know, it took some time, but I think I've pretty much gotten to a point where they know that they can trust me and um, I, I'm always looking out for their best interest in getting them the best content available and making sure that they're, you know, shown in like a, a really good light. Definitely. That makes sense. Um, one thing that I wanted to inquire about given your background and obviously you have a, a number of wide different skill sets, but specific to what you know now, what do you think are most crucial to your day-to-day and, and, and kind of how you've grown into the position you're in now um, if there was certain piece of skill whether it be graphic design copywriting whatever it may be yeah man I wish I could go back and have like like this the amazing photoshop skills man like you know social is great but it's like nothing without photoshop it's like nothing without content design like all of that stuff so um, I really wish like when I was in school that that's something that you know, I had pursued, but again, it wasn't something that was huge at the time. It wasn't anything there. It was like, if you wanted to be a graphic designer, that's what you wanted to do. Like, that's what you went to go study. Like, it wasn't like, let me dabble, dabble on a little bit of this and like a little bit of that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, with my journalism background, that's, you know, kind of crucial in like copywriting, um, to make sure like, you know, I know how I know which there is there, you know, like <laughs> stuff like that. So like, that's important. I think that's cool that I have that background to be able to know that and um, make sure everything's grammatically correct. Um, but I, I do wish that I had a little bit of the graphic design skill. Um, I do know how to do video and like, I know how to do editing and, and shooting and, and all that just because my background was broadcast journalism. So like I had to like go out there like as a reporter, shoot all my stuff, cut, like edit it, cut it, do everything. Um, and I did that when I was at NBC and, and Fox too. So um, I think I have a pretty good, you know, skill set of like those things, but yeah, would, would have loved to like learn how to do Photoshop. And I think like I, if I had some time now, I would like love to learn on it. Um, I mean, I know how to do obviously basic stuff, like, you know, simple to get by and, and all that stuff, but it, it would have been cool to be able to like know how to do like everything. Same. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree. The, the graphic design thing, I think, has been one of the craziest evolutions yeah. that I've noticed when I first got in the industry. Because, like, the basic stuff, obviously, we, we all get a hang of. But now the level to which, like, motion design it's and crazy. graphic design and everything plays into our day-to-day -day is, is definitely insane. So I agree with you there. Yeah, it's crazy. They run the world, man. They're going to they're, they're gonna take off running, and it's just like, ah. Uh. It's crazy. The stuff that they're able to do now, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so normally we just ask like general advice for people trying to get into sports. But I think given your background and kind of, um, I, I just want to know, because I too got into social kind of late, I guess, quote unquote. 
Um, what's your advice for people that might feel like they are starting to get into this industry kind of late? Honestly, like I'm in, you know, me and you both are like examples of like starting late and still getting to where we want. Um, by no means, like, I mean, everyone like looks at my journey and they're like, oh, like, that's awesome. Like you got to do news and then you got to do sports and like you, you had a great path and like all that stuff. And it's like, no, I mean, yeah, that's what it is, but it wasn't easy. You know, there's, there's so many times that I went on teamwork online, man, and applied to so many different things and like, oh yeah, never get a, <laughs> yeah, never get a call back. And, you know, at some point you're just like, dang, like, okay, I know, like if someone gave me a shot, like I can, I can do this. Like give me the shot. Like, let me have an interview, like talk to me, you know, but there's so many of those things that you don't hear about. And I'm like, listen, like even still before I even got to the Dodgers, like there was no, like I had to go through all of that. I had to do teamwork. You know, like I said, I was, um, just taken off of like my parents' insurance. Cause I had hit the age, like where they remove you. And it's just like, it, it's a struggle. It's like, you love, like, this is what I wanted to do. This is what I love doing. Um, but there's no benefits tied to that. There's, you know, but it's a kind of a risk that you're, you're willing to take and because you know what it's like working a job that you don't love. So, um, you know, for me, it was just like, you know what, do I want to stick to the job where I, I get awesome pay and a great position and, and, you know, have benefits and all of that, or do I, you know, and still be miserable or do I go and, and do this kind of late in life, um, and, and pursue something that I really want. And, and that's what I did. And, Again, it, it certainly wasn't easy because, again, there's so many times I'm sitting there and I'm like, dude, like, I worked at a station. I feel like I deserve, like, at least a call. And that's not, like, privilege or anything, but it's just, like, give me a shot. Like, like I can do it. Like, let me let me show you that I can do that. And, you know, there's so many times where I go on interviews or, like, don't get the job or, like, don't even get a call or, like, you know, all that stuff. You guys all know about it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. But, um, honestly, like, there's no – everybody's timing is different, you know. You can't compare yourself to somebody else's. And I think it's hard. It's easier said than done. I think I did compare myself sometimes a lot. And I'm like, dude, this 22-year-old kid got the job and I'm I'm like 25. And I'm like, I can't even get an interview right now, you know? So um, I think everyone's timing is different. Um, the struggle is definitely real. Um, but I don't think that like, oh, just because it's you're starting a little bit late doesn't mean that you don't have a chance because I'm living proof of that. Amara, you are too. I mean, um, so it's definitely do it. If you're not happy, um, kind of go for what you love and you know, it'll always work out. Love it. Preach. I, I think one more question I, I wanted to add on to that, um, is specific to when you were applying and not necessarily getting, cause I think a lot of us, including myself, uh, were in that position as when we try to get into sports, obviously there's hundreds of, uh, applicants for very few jobs, if not thousands. Yeah. And so how did you kind of deal with uh, not only the motivation con to continue applying, but also motivation to to grow uh, yourself in different avenues in, until you finally got that call back? Yeah, you know, I think it's really hard. Like, you know, in the beginning, it's kind of easier. Like, all right, like, let me let me apply to these jobs, like three, four jobs that are open. Let me do it. And then like a, a month goes by and you're like, all right, cool. Well, I mean, it just didn't work out. And then you just keep applying again. And you're like, okay, like it's been another month now. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of brutal. Like, I swear I'm not that bad. Like I deserve a call or an email or something or an interview. Um, and it still doesn't happen. And then it's like, then you get to a point, I feel like you hit it and you're like, okay, um, I know I'm starting a little bit late. I know that this isn't what I studied. So like, is it kind of like, 
do people not even want to give me a chance? Like, don't you start, you're like, start doubting yourself. Like never, you never doubt your talent, but it's like, okay, well, there are people that actually went to school for this. Are they being considered over people that, you know, could potentially um, do a great job doing this kind of stuff? And so then you start doubting that part of it and you're just like, okay, well, I mean, I don't know. And then you start applying again and nothing comes about and you're just like, okay. Then you start, you know, then, then you get to a point where you're like, you know what, like, if they don't want me, I don't want them. And it's like all that, you know, it's like that entire process. And then you're like, you know what, I'm just going to hone my craft. I'm going to keep doing what I do because I can only change that part of it. You can't change the other, the other side of it. So, you know, then I sit through and I'm like, okay, I study what other teams are doing. And I'm like, okay, this is what these are. These are the, what the successful teams are doing. Okay. This is what's working. I look at teams that aren't doing very well, but they have great content. Okay. So let me see that. So like I'm studying different types of things and I'm like look, looking at trends and trying to see what's good, what's not um, studying, definitely setting up on pop culture, memes, all that stuff, kind of, you know, just kind of all that social stuff and being engaged in Twitter. I feel like a lot of times just kind of going off a tangent here, but like, I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh yeah, I work in social media, but like, I'm not active on social. I'm like, wait, how, how does that work? Cause it's like, you need to be out there. You need to like see what's there. Um, so for me, I was just kind of like immersed in it. And I was like, okay, I'm still watching my favorite, you know, sports. I'm still watching what other teams are doing on social and just kind of learning from that. Um, and, and, you know, by no means I, do I know, like, am I a pro at this like social stuff? So uh, I didn't study it. So there's not anything there. So that's kind of my way of like studying um, and just kind of seeing what other teams are doing, looking at stuff like you guys do, um, you know, particularly you guys and, and just kind of seeing like, dang, you got, this is really good work that they do. Um, this is how they go about certain things and just kind of studying up on like what different teams are doing and, what's working for them and what's not. And then, you know, keep, you know, motivating yourself and know that like, trust yourself and know that like, it's going to get there. Um, and it was, it was a long time coming. It seemed like so quick to the outside world, but it definitely was not because I was jumping from a different career and there was already thousands of people that are studying that job and, and that know that job or know somebody in sports that can get you there. Um, so that's kind of what I was going up against, but still like kind of just motivating myself, like staying confident and, making sure like, okay, I know I'm good at this. I know if I got a shot, I can do it. Um, and, and so then eventually, you know, you get that one call, you go out there and, you know, you take all, you take that part-time job and um, you do everything possible. You put in all those late hours. You don't take days off. Again, this is not healthy, but yeah, I, I you know, I literally, I grind so hard and I was just like, dude, there's no way I'm backing out of this job. There's no way somebody else can come tell me that, they deserve it more than me because I'm putting in all that work. So, um, you know, if at the end of the day, if they didn't like the way I was doing it, nobody could tell me I wasn't doing a good job at least. Like, so, um, for me, it took, it took a while, um, a, a lot of like, you know, motivating my own self and, and, you know, doing that, but eventually you get to where you are and it's all, it's all worth it. I, 100% concur. One final one, and I promise it <laughs> is the last one. And I'll let you go. You you made um you made a note about hiring that in-game person mm -hmm. uh, this year. Tell us what specifically you were looking for, and what do you look for when you're going through a hiring process like that? Yeah, and for me, you know, like I said, the voice of the account is really important to me. So you know, for me, when I was hiring, I wanted someone that would be able to uh, like 
to, to adapt. You know, a lot of times I feel like people come into these interviews and they have a certain way that they want to do things. You know, I always ask them what their favorite account is. Um, and, and right off the bat, like, it'll kind of tell me, oh, okay. So like, you kind of lean that way. You kind of like the savage tweets, like attacking other teams and, and all that. So, and for me, like we have a certain way we have to do things. Like we can't go off the rails. We can't, you know, we can't do something that a different team is doing because we're still the Los Angeles Dodgers and there's still an image and a brand to protect. So, um, interviewing the candidates, you want to make sure that these people are able to adjust. So, um, Alex, um, my in-game coordinator, um, was able to, you know, I got a good sense of it, you know, and he was, he had a lot of the same mentality that I did, which was, you know what, you need me to clean out the, the, the closet there at the stadium. I'm going to do it. And, and that was the kind of thing that really set him apart other than other people. Cause you know, they all came and they're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do hard work. I'm going to do put in all these hours and be great. But it's like for him, he was like, you know what, I'll clean out the closet, whatever you need me to do. I'm going to do it. And, and that's kind of where I was when I was just like, just give me a shot. Just get me in the door. I, I'll prove it to you. So for him, like, uh, for me, it was, a, it was a no brainer. He was great with that. He had a lot of work ethic. Um, he had worked with the Mets the previous season. So I think it's like some, as, as an associate or something. So like he, you know, he knew what it was like to work in, in a, the baseball season. Um, and, and that was something that was also important to me because, you know, a lot of the times people are like, you know, they, they love sports and then they get into sports and they're like, okay, so I want my birthday off. I want Christmas off. I also want Valentine's day off. And then I have a wedding that oh, I need geez. to go to. Yeah. So it's like, listen, you come into baseball, you don't have any of that. Like, you know what? My friends are work friends. Like, I don't know anybody other than that. Like, you know, it's, you know, like baseball is your family. It's so different. You know, you're, you're with these people like every single day there's a game. Um, and so these are my people and it's like, you need to make sure when you come in this door, that's not to say you can't get a day off, but it's like you got, when you come into these doors, like you have to know that baseball is every day. It is brutal. Like you don't get Monday, you know, you don't work Monday through Friday and you are off Saturdays, you know, all that. So it's like, sorry, you can't go to the, the three wedding showers or, or the baby showers and like the four weddings that you have. And you're going to Greece in the end of October. Like, like you don't do uh, all that stuff. So you know, life. so it's like, yeah, it's sorry. So it's like, you want to have a normal life. You can't be in baseball season. So it's like, a lot of that. And, and, and he understood that. And, um, so those are the little things that are really important because I don't think you really understand the, the, the grueling, how grueling it is. Like baseball season is until you're actually in it. Cause people can say like, Oh yeah, that's no problem. Like I love baseball. I love the Dodgers. I'll, I'll work every single day if you need me to. And then you work and then you're like, Holy crap, I need like 10 days off in a row. So it's like, for me, it was a no brainer. He worked in baseball. So he knew what that was like. So, um, yeah, at the end of the day, he was the perfect choice for the, the job. Got it. All right. That is the last question I have. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Uh, really appreciate it. Really appreciate you sharing the craziest story I think we've had <laughs> in terms of how they got into uh, Definitely. their career. But um, <laughs> la last but not least, if anyone has any questions for you, where can they find you at on the Twitterverse or IG or whatever platform you like? Yeah, Twitter, IG, both. I'm there. I am very much active on both and very annoying and i post a lot so like i'm there <laughs> always there got what's, it what's and, your and ad, where can girlfriend? people follow you at okay listen so the twitter i think it's sue joe 825 and then instagram is sue baby with two a's and don't even ask why and that's it hey. <laughs> <laughs> perfect sue, baby cool. all right thank you <laughs> Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, you guys. This is awesome.
Thank you, everyone, for listening to yet another episode of Social on the Sidelines. If you have made it this far, you are one away from making it to 30 episodes. We have been doing this thing. I, it's definitely been over a year. It might be close yeah. to a year and a half. It's been a long time. Yeah. Um, so shout out to the day ones in here. Shout out to the day 365. Shout out to every day and every listener. That's I couldn't I tried to make like a better, you know, punchline like but I couldn't do it. So if you've been listening for a while, you know that I try to do this type of stuff often and I fail as per usual. So despite yeah. that, thank you for listening. Why are you the way you are? Just let me be me. <laughs> At least when I'm awkward. At least when I'm awkward, I'm it's like in the flow of things. I'm awkward in the flow. When Amara's awkward, it just blows everything out of proportion. What? It, the whole flow uh, gets messed up. Okay, I'm sorry for oh. being myself. You know what? It's okay. We all appreciate <laughs> you anyway. Okay. Okay. Um, but yes, episode 29 is in the books. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This episode was brought to you by Front Office Sports. And episodes, as always, brought to you by Team Infographics. Follow them on the Twitterverse at Team Infographs or online at TeamInfographics.com. Huh. How was Summer League? You just ended it. You can't ask me how Summer No, it's too late. I, I, I can do whatever I want. It's my podcast, oh, too, Mr. Oh, my gosh. Okay, Summer League was good. Um, We didn't go very far, but... It's okay because Vegas is brutal. But it's Vegas fun. is brutal. Okay. I just I just wanted to ask you another question to annoy you. So all right. Okay. Uh, it works. Thanks everyone. <laughs> Good. All right. Thanks everyone for listening to episode twenty nine. We might not get to number thirty because <laughs> Amara's gonna quit. See you in a couple weeks, everyone. <laughs>